Howdy, Dis After Dark listeners. Toy Story Land is opening up at Hollywood Studios on June 30th. Book now for some great summer deals and to see what's new. Take a ride on the Slinky Dog Dash coaster, ride the alien swirling saucers with the kiddos, enjoy a new third track on Toy Story Mania, and grab a bite to eat at Woody's Lunchbox. Remember, if you book with me, I'll take care of your dining reservations, fast passes, and create a personalized itinerary just for you and your family. Mention this ad to get $25 off your deposit. Reduce stress by letting me do the planning for you. I make the plans, you make the memories. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com and on social media at WPMagicJourneys. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick and I am joined by my two favourite pools. Some might say there are only two pools in this podcast now and they might be right, but that doesn't stop you being my favourites. So I'm joined by Mr. Donan. Hello there. And P-Dubs himself, Paul Washington. Buongiorno. Hello there, gentlemen. And how are we in the festive month of December? Yeah, starting to get festive. Watched a few Christmas movies lately. Okay, trying to get in the mood. What what what's been your your go to recently? I watched the the man who invented Christmas. Are you was was the last one? Yeah, you I mentioned watched. that. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's quite a recent. And, isn't it? Uh, Is it last year that came yeah, out? Yeah, last last year. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. So it's on uh, it's on Netflix. I think. It is, yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. I've, uh, what have I watched? I watched the, um, uh, what's it called? Santa Chronicles or something? Christmas Chronicles. Oh, Christmas Chronicles. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I watched Weekend as well. Yeah, I, I think Kurt Russell makes a very good Father Christmas. Except yeah. for when he decides to sing. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, there is that. Although you get to see Steve, Steve Van Zandt in that. So yeah. that, that's always a plus. Um, but, I, I mean, I didn't rate the film at all. It felt like a Channel 5 film. 
or uh, to American listeners, Hallmark Channel or something. It just it felt a lot more low budget than it probably was. Probably cost quite a lot mm, of money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it it, it it kind of harks back to things like uh, the Santa Claus, which I like. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. Santa Claus. Yeah, it's yeah. I started watching that Christmas Chronicles and I gave up after I don't know. Not very long, because I didn't even get to the bit where Kurt Russell appeared. Yeah. Well, we, we saw the trailer for it. Um, the kids mm-hmm. watched the trailer for it on Netflix, and and we said, oh, yeah, we'll put that on. And it didn't even keep a five-year-old entertained. Yeah. I, think that's, I mean, and she watches some absolute garbage. So, you know, that, that to me, speaks volumes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, I've, I don't think I've ever watched the other sequels to Santa Claus. We Just, watched all three last year. Martin Schultz in one, isn't he? He's in the third one. He's in the one. third one, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be a reason for me to watch it. Um, but what what are sequels like? They're not bad. The, yeah. the third one was probably the, the worst of the three, weirdly, despite the fact that I don't hide my love for Martin Short. You don't. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 seemed, it lacked some of the original cast. Hmm. The first two, it was the same cast in, in both of them. Right. Um, but then the third one... David Cromholtz was in the first two, and he'd left by the third one. Um, and a couple of other people weren't weren't in them either. Um, so yeah, it did, the quality did drop off um, as they went on. Yeah, I think I've only seen the first two, but they were good. I thought they were good. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch them if they're on now. The snake Plitzkin does Santa. It just it doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd rather watch one of those films again than. Uh... Even Escape from LA, which we all know is awful. Escape um, from the North Pole. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of routines and stuff like that, um, apologies for there not being an episode last week. Thank you for the, the two people that cared and, and got in touch. I'm joking. Um, but uh, just to quickly address that. So this, this show's always been a bit weird. It used to be bi-weekly, always bi-weekly. Then we kind of went weekly. And then it kind of flits between being either weekly, twice weekly in some instances, and bi-weekly. So it doesn't seem to be any kind of set pattern. So we've been pretty consistent this year. Um, I, I can't remember what episode this is this year, but we've, on average, we've done almost an episode a week this year. I've worked out since I've, I started on the show, we've done over 100 episodes already since I joined. And that was That's, two years ago? Yeah, just over a year and a half, I think. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, because I think it was, was it early 2016? Yeah. Or so? Yeah. Yeah, because so I a... came on earlier. I came on like three or four months before yep. to do the guest slot, which would have been the end of 2015. Yep. And then I joined permanently early 2016. Was that was that just me or was that Boniface? Was that the well, good yeah. era, or was that the, the you know the era we're in now? Uh, I think when I came on, first of all, it was Boniface still. But by the time I came on permanently, he'd left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's about two years. Yeah. Uh, that that I took over. I didn't take over. That's another misconception. I didn't take over. I got left the show to look after his absence. He's just never come back. Yeah. It's, what's happening? He's on hiatus. He's in the toilet still. Um, 
So anyway, I wanted to apologise that it wasn't a new episode last week because we've been pretty consistent this year. Um, but what I did want to say is that we are doing an awful lot in the background about trying to uh, be better. 2019 is is going to be our biggest year. I, I've decided that's that's my aim for next year. Um, we're already working on the After Dark Network to actually be a, a bit more of a thing. Um, we've just signed up two new shows. Um, I think they'll be joining us. I don't think they're joining us this week. I think it might be next week. So, um, we're waiting for an advert, which we'll, we'll put into the shows when that happens as well. Um, and they're outside of what we do already. So one's a, um, show about wrestling. The other one's a sports show. Um, so we're, we're looking to just kind of expand what we cover. Um, and the good news is, is that I'm not doing any more podcasts. So, um, you know, when we say we're adding to the network, that doesn't mean, you know, each new show contains me. So that's, that's or, good news. Or invite any of us. For now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, we, we, we might change that, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking, not looking to take any more work on. Um, so, yeah, keep your, keep your eyes and ears peeled because yeah it's gonna it's i've got a feeling it's gonna be a big year next year for us um and we hope you support us on that um and also to the patreons we we mention you sometimes we always thank you for your support um we're launching a new show um christmas eve will be the first episode of that so patreons will get access to that on christmas eve um with that there will be a new pricing structure for the patreons as well um, so if you thought about doing it before and for whatever reason didn't, there was tears with t-shirts and badges and all that kind of stuff as well. We're just eradicating that. We're just going to keep it quite plain and simple. Um, when you're Patreon, you can do it for a month. You can do it continuously. It's entirely up to you. Um, there'll be a new episode of that show every month and we'll reveal that when that show goes live. So, um, if you want to treat yourself for Christmas, um, 24th of December, patreon add yourself new show brand new show not going to be anywhere else um yeah so just wanted to say that at the top of the show but um i can't believe we're this far in and i'm sure i mean i certainly am i'm guessing you are you guys are as well parched so what is everybody drinking well i'm uh i'm boring tonight i'm on the green green tea but it's lemon flavored green tea I just can't, I really want to get into green tea because I know it's good for you, but I just can't, just can't find one that I like the taste of. Mm. I like lemon tea, so it works for me. Yeah. I'm going to have to try that. That might be my use resolution. Try and drink proper yeah. tea. I don't drink normal tea, to be honest, yeah. but, but tea that's actually got some health benefits to it. Fair enough. Uh, P does, what are you drinking? Just, just the usual. I'm on a, a glass of orange squash. <laughs> not, um, what was it? Nature's wine. <laughs> yeah, no, not this week. <laughs> oh, I can't believe the t-shirt for that is not available yet. Shocked. Um, I'm just on Pepsi Max because I there was beer in the fridge, but if I if I'm completely honest with everybody, there was stuff in the way, mm. and it meant moving stuff out of the fridge just to get a can of beer. I just couldn't be bothered. That was the nearest thing to it. So there we go. Right, so there's a couple of news things we want to uh, talk about first of all, and then um, we're going to play uh, the continuation of the game we saw on the last show, 
um, which hasn't got a proper title, but we kind of said, we have never, I will never. Um, and in this week, in fact, I'm not going to tell the guys yet which park it's going to be. I'll surprise them when it comes up so they haven't got any time to prepare. That always works well. Preparation never works well on this show. Um, so one of the things I wanted to talk about is the fact that uh, Disneyland news, so this is really more in, in P-Dubs' wheelhouse than, than mine, um, but there's a story that's been breaking that um, they've been quietly revoking annual passes of, uh, I don't know if they're self-proclaimed or so-called, but personal shoppers. Um, and f- I'm sure most people know what we're referring to with that, but what we mean by that or what they mean by that is it's people that use their annual pass discounts to buy um, collectible items, normally limited additional stuff, and then sell it on for higher profits, either on Facebook or eBay or, you know, a, a site like that where they can they can do it. Um, a lot of those things tend to be things like popcorn buckets. Yeah. Uh, Funko Pops are one of the popular ones at the moment. I mean, this has been going on for years. This isn't a new thing. Um, you know, when I first got into Vinylmations, there were people that you knew if um, if you wanted to pay their prices, you would get that limited edition item. Um, pins, same thing. Same thing happens with pins. So this isn't a new thing, but I think it's quite interesting that they're actually doing something about it. Yeah, how are they? Um, how are they monitoring that? How are they catching people, if you want to call it that? Do we know? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing because because the other thing as well, you know, it's not the fact that these people just have annual passes, but as an annual pass holder, you get discounts. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I was in Disneyland Paris last week. Uh, something I will talk about on Discover DLP. Yes, another show on the After Dark Network. Um, and while I was there, I used both my shareholders card and my actual annual pass. Uh, I've got different levels of discount on, on those cards. So um, I use manual pass in one store and I use my shareholders card in another one because I, I realized I got an extra 5% if I use my shareholders card that I didn't get on the annual pass one. Um, but when you, you know, when you do a transaction, they have to swipe that card or scan that card. So it reads the number on that card to make sure that it's a legit number. So what I'm guessing is that they are looking at how often it's being used and what it's being used on. Mm. And on top of that as well, you know, you, that card is yours. So my annual pass at Disneyland Paris has my photo on it, has my full name on. Um, now, I've never owned uh, an annual pass in America. I'm assuming it's exactly the same. No. I didn't have my photograph on it. No. Mm. So it has your name on it, though? Um, yeah, I think so. So, I mean, the thing is, I mean, it, the photo's not really that important, but it, but definitely your name. So, unless you're going to be going on eBay or Facebook under an alias, then they could probably just cross-reference. Yeah. This and person... even if you're using an alias, they can still link back. They can work out what what's being sold. Mm-hmm. Well, it gets. I mean, 
it would be harder for them to track who it was exactly if you were using an alias, unless they had your photo as well, um, or you use fake photos because, um, you know, with things like popcorn buckets, people will buy multiples, and not everybody that that buys bulk of these things will be looking to sell them. Some people legitimately might have, you know, a few kids or family members who can't get there and want to have those items. So it's trying to work out which ones are doing this and which ones aren't, because it's one of the terms and conditions of having that discount is that you're not going to sell that stuff on for profit. Um, I don't think anyone would begrudge paying because normally with these personal shopper services, well, you normally pay a bit of a premium. Um, some people will charge a couple of dollars on top for them to pick up an item for you. Um, others, uh, it might be a bit more than that or whatever, but it will normally be enough to cover, um, what they paid and a bit extra. So even if they're not making lots of money on these things, um, you know, Disney could still turn around and see that as, um, you know, taking advantage of that. And sometimes, you know, people aren't just trying to make a few dollars here or there. They're really trying to, you know, take the piss, if you ask me, because you see people sell things for, I was in popcorn buckets, go up for $100. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when The pops have definitely gone up for prices like that as yeah. well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because there was, I remember there being a big Ferrari around um, when the Figment pop came out. Yeah. Um, where people are doing that. And I mean, the thing is in, in some ways, I think they don't help the situation and they make this stuff worse because I remember when that figment pop come out, people were buying, um, 10, 15, 20 of those. No questions yeah. asked. Now I'm not saying they should question people with what you could do with that. And to be honest, even if they did, no one's going to turn around and say, I'm going to stick them on eBay and make a profit. Um, but they should put limits on those things anyway, especially their limited edition. Um, most limited edition runs of, of any kind of merchandise is limited by a few per person. Disney stores are very good at doing that. When they release stoles that limited edition or um, plushes or pins or whatever. Yeah, the, the Mickey Mouse 90th plushes that they've been releasing every yeah. month, they were, they were limited. And what they were doing in the stores were they were giving you tickets. So that ticket allowed you to buy one of those items or one of those, one of those plushes. Um, and that seems to work really well. Okay. Didn't really work so well when they would also give a ticket to the one year old that you were holding. Um, <laughs> not sure how they were buying a Mickey mouse themselves, but what have you. Um, but at, at least there, there was, it, it seemed more fair, but allowing people to buy, you know, however many they wanted to, or a, a ridiculously high limit at least, um, doesn't help anyone. Um, but that's why they—that's why they're obviously trying to cut down. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I guess if that's what you say, not for when you agree to your annual pass, then I guess Disney have got a right to do that. Yeah. I do wonder that there surely must be a way to put a limit on passes to stop people doing it. Well, I, I, I personally, I mean, it's a bit of a mixed one. I mean, banning them or or taking away Daniel pass, I think is, is very extreme, but it teaches you a lesson. Yeah. 
But on the other hand, I think it would have been still punishable, but a bit fairer to just take away the discount from those people. So if they scan their card, discount wouldn't work. Mm. And I'm sure it's just, you know, a a, a flick of, of a switch in a system that allows that discount to be applied. Because at the end of the day, what you then do, if you if you take away an annual pass from somebody, that person doesn't go to Disney, that person doesn't buy anything at all. Mm. If you take, you know, if you don't stop the pass, um, but you, you take away the discount, that person's still going to be going to the parks. They will just have to buy stuff at full price. And they will buy stuff at full price, whether that's a meal, whether that's merchandise themselves, whatever, it doesn't matter. They will still be buying stuff. So, you know, I suppose the only thing is, is that they can, they would still be able to buy stuff, just not with a discount. So they'd, they'd probably try and make more money off it. Um, you know, wherever they were sending it from before. So yeah, I I can, I can see both sides of, of what, you know, why they would take the action they would do and why I don't think they should, but you know, if it stops people doing it and it makes things more fair, then you know, I suppose if that's what they want to do, that's what they've got. To do. It's their, it's their right. It's their, it's their past. It's their business. Um, mm. You know, they've got to do whatever they want to do to protect the brand. So that's what I wanted to talk about anyway. Mm. P Dubs, I know you had uh, a few bits and bobs. Yeah, well, this is kind of a, a loaded subject, to be honest. And it, it comes from some unveiling of some stuff this week. Um, first of all, we've seen some concept art now for for the Marvel lands that we're, we're going to be getting, um, both in Paris and California. We've seen concept art over the last couple of weeks from, from both. Um, but then on, on top of that, the... The unveiling of the the Beauty and the Beast ride in in Tokyo. Oh, I'm uh, glad you mentioned this. And the, it kind of it's something that I brought up a couple of weeks ago, but just between us. And it's are the the Disney Imagineers being a little bit too generic with their their design work when it comes to the parks that they own fully? Um, uh, just looking at it, the, the Marvel lands are more or less identical. Mm. in their design yet yeah, there might be some slight changes on the ride themes um there might not be we don't we don't know at the moment it looks like the the spider-man ride is going to be probably the same uh, in both parks um which is also very similar to to what they've built in hong kong with with ant-man um by all accounts um the areas themselves look very very similar um and it's the same with with star wars land they're more or less exactly the same um and even even taking a step back to to something that's open now with the toy story land opening earlier this year to be fair the design work is more or less exactly the same as paris um they've extended a ride they've added a ride that was already designed and just put a different overlay over it. Um, it seems to be a lot of lazy work with the, the parks that they, they own themselves. 
Um, whereas the parks that they they don't own fully seem to be getting more distinct attractions that are different to anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm just wondering have they they become lazy or or cheap even that they don't seem to want to be designing different attractions and different looks to places. I think it's I think it's happening a lot in the industry full stop. You know, when you were saying at lasting there about uh, the fact that the rides are going to be similar in or the lands are going to be similar in, in California and Paris for this Marvel uh this Marvel thing. You know, if you look at Universal, the last few attractions are done there, we had King Kong and we had uh, Fast and Furious Supercharged, uh, Transformers. All yeah. of those were either <clears throat> copies of or variations of existing attractions in another park. So I think in general, there is a little bit of a lazy culture at the moment in terms of, in terms of that. Um, the other danger as well with, with that kind of attitude is that if you if you don't give things something unique, people will stop making the effort to go. Now, people will always go to whatever part they like to go to, whether that's World, Land, or Disneyland Paris, whatever. Um, but what's the incentive for you to go... You know, if you, if you live in America, what's the incentive for you to go to Disneyland Paris if the attractions are going to be exactly the same? There's, there's not, in my opinion. Um, you know, it costs far too much money and there's nothing to draw you in. So I, I think they need to be a bit careful with that. Now, we know with what they're doing in Disneyland Paris, there are going to be things in the, in their Marvel land which will be different to what they have in Disneyland. So therefore, mm-hmm. they will share an attraction, but Rock and Roller Coaster will become an Iron Man roller coaster. That's not happening in California. Um, and there's going to be some kind of, or it certainly looks like it's going to be some kind of outdoor stunt show, yeah. which mm-hmm. also doesn't like, look like it's going to be happening in Disneyland. So with that, there will be sufficient to be different um, between those two. But there is that fear of them just becoming a bit lazy. Uh, Tron. Mm. Tron's another one. And, and look, you know how much I love Tron. Glad it's coming over to Magic Kingdom, but they're also rumoured to be bringing that to Disneyland Paris. Now, unless they're going to be doing some significant differences between those three coasters, then again, what will be the urge to drag people over there? So, yeah, I know it's not confirmed yet for coming to Paris. It's just at this moment heavily rumoured, but it could really do with it. Um, they would need to do something else. And, and frankly, like when they design these rides, you know, if they want to replicate that somewhere else as it is, then it's very easy and cheap to do that because it, the plans would exist. They've done all the work already. So it's going to mm. cost them money if they want to change it. But I agree that if they don't change things too much between the parts, it will soon be a case of, you know, not bothering to go and venture out of your home park. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it, there is a there is a danger there, and there, um, and it's you know, like Disneyland's got Cars Land, and it's the only one that's got Cars Land, and that makes me want to go there, really. 
you know, and um, and I think for a part like Disneyland Paris, which is which has struggled, you know, to get the attendance and to bring in the revenue, you know, you really want to be having top unique attractions there just to get people to go overseas visitors to go and then you know a couple of years later then by all means you could once the novelty's worn off you could roll that to another park but they have got to be careful that they don't just make everything the same yeah yeah Yeah. it just just intrigued me that it it does seem like they're going down a very narrow path with Mm -hmm. the with the domestic park so as i said the the ones that they fully own yeah. yeah, I suppose we can't we can't look at, at Paris until we know what's coming with with the Frozen Land. But again, that could be generic, and they just bring over the ride from Epcot. Well, it looks like I mean, one, it, it, it the rumours are that we will be seeing the version of Frozen Ever After, um, but also people have commented that it looks very similar to the Frozen thing they're putting inside um, Hong Kong. Yeah. So, I mean, with the with the Asia parks, I think it's a little bit different because yeah. you don't get... I mean, you get the diehard fans that want to go. Like, I think we've all talked on here about how much we'd like to go to Tokyo, but the casual Disney fan, the fan that will, you know, go once every five years or, you know, not that bothered if, if they go, you know, that amount of times or not, um, they're probably not going to go to Asia. No. They might go to Paris because it's Paris and, you know, people are, are drawn in to its location and what they mm-hmm. can do while they're over there. But uh, for a lot of people, Asia doesn't have that same appeal. So, you know, and, and yet they have a lot more um, unique attractions in those parts than you get elsewhere. So you should yeah. actually be more interested in going there. Um, but so when they take you know if they, if if they do a carbon copy of what they're putting in hong kong into paris i don't think that's quite so bad but if they were doing that and putting it in paris and disney world that's when you start to get a problem in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah that's when it stops being mm-hmm. you know I, I personally i don't think any disney attraction or land or area should be replicated in more than one park no once it's once it's in three or four, almost the exact same thing, it stops it stops being unique. Mm. I mean Pirates of the Caribbean, the three versions that we've been on are all different. They've got some similarities, but they are all different, you know, rides. Yeah. But there's not many rides that have that. Some are quite no. similar and don't have that many differences. Although, having gone on it um, again and in in darkness, uh, Paris's big Thunder Mountain, greater than all the others. Yeah. And that'll be on my grave. Mm. I don't care. The only people that would disagree with me are people that haven't done it. Yeah. Best big Thunder Mountain in the world. Yeah, yeah I would agree. And at yeah, dark, oh my God. If you, like, I, I recommend to everybody, if they want to go to Paris, book a holiday in November, December, when it starts getting dark really early, and then go on it. Totally different. Mm. Um, but, I mean, those those Marvel areas, I mean, I think uh, being the resident kind of comic book nerds on, on 
this show. Um, you know, they excite me greatly. Yeah. I am really looking forward to them. I, I, I like the fact that they've got some, some unique ideas for, for the restaurants. Um, the, the rumoured PIM Technologies restaurant that's going in in Paris is really something I wasn't expecting. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. Just the, the little subtle differences hopefully will will make a difference between them. I was just thinking, because um, I did see someone mention there was going to be an Ant-Man restaurant taking over what used to be the Remy restaurant in the yeah, studio. Very small portions. Oh, yeah. That's what I was worried about, because you know Disney will mm. do anything they can they can do to get away yeah. with, with cutting costs. That's it. Call it, call it tapas. <laughs> small plates. Well, have you have you guys ever seen, um, I think it's called Le, Pe- um, Le Petit Chef, and it's something they do in restaurants where they basically have animations on the table. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we saw this on, we went on a cruise recently. Mm. And there's a restaurant, uh, it's called Cuisine. Uh-huh. And, and, that's, and, that's, and that's what the kind of unique selling point of that restaurant is. So we saw, we didn't, we didn't eat there, but outside the restaurant, they've got a, they've got like a looped video, which, which kind of is a bit of a spoiler really, because it, it shows what goes on. So if they use that technology, I would be all over that. Yeah. With Ant-Man and the Wasp. I would, I would love that. Yeah. And hopefully that's what they're thinking of. Cause I, otherwise I, I struggle to think how you'd theme it. Other than have like really big tables and chairs and and really small tables and chairs. Well, they've probably got some big some big fiberglass ants left over from that uh, Honey I Shrunk the <laughs> kids playground that was yeah. in Hollywood Studios and Bugsland and Bugsland, yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> the only, I mean, the only other thing with. Uh, and why I need to do something different is because they've already got, um, uh, what, what's it, what's Remy's restaurant called? Chef Remy's, isn't it? Yeah. So in that restaurant next to the Ratatouille attraction, um, all the, the tables are small objects that are, are human size. So like the chairs are made out of, um, the, the metal cage from a bottle of champagne that kind of thing so you can't really have two restaurants in the same park that has the same gimmick which is why i think if they did some kind of projection thing on the tables that would be better mm-hmm. that'd be yeah. more unique um i'm all in on that yeah um but the interesting the other interesting thing there paul when you saw the artwork for disneyland paris the building to um what is replacing rock and roller coaster look completely different yeah so i wonder if it's going they are going to actually change the ride somewhat uh i don't know it seems like they what they're doing is they're building the the art reactor around it right and i'm assuming that's how the roller coaster is now going to be powered right yeah that makes sense. By the art reactor. Mm. I don't think the ride itself is going to change that much. I hope not because, well, I hope they, they, they theme it a bit better. Um, 
but that ride, even though it's you know coming up to about seventeen years old now, uh, is still really good. Yeah. One of the best coasters I've, I've ever been on. So smooth, so exciting. Um, so yeah, I didn't want to see it change too much, but I did wonder when I saw that that new building um, if that might be the case. Um, okay, cool. Well, there'll be. I'm sure there'll be more on that as uh, and when more stuff comes out. Um, so, what else did you have, Paul? Uh, there wasn't much else, to be honest. That was that was kind of the big thing. As I said, I, I threw it. Should we talk a little bit about the Beauty in the Base ride? Oh God, sorry, really, yes, because we didn't really talk about it as no. such. But no. for anybody that that didn't see, Disney actually released a video of of behind the scenes of the new. Beauty and the Beast ride that's going in in Tokyo as part of their their massive Fantasyland expansion um, that they're getting, um, and it just it completely blew my mind just seeing the animatronics. One of the the Bell animatronics looks like it actually properly moves. There's more than one. Yeah, um... they showed at least four Bell animatronics but there's one where she comes out she's got a lantern in her hand and it looks like it's literally moving like a, a human it walks yeah it, it walks and, and i was just like what there's there was enough there was another one that moved as well that, yeah that, that looked like it was it was human it, yeah. it these animatronics are so bizarre um and i i saw the video on on friday i think that's when they released it and um I said, I, I, these animatronics are just blowing me away. And someone asked me, like, what was it like? And I said, well, it was kind of like a cross between Frozen Ever After and what they did with the Navi. Yeah. And and then and then some. Yeah. Um, I mean, just just absolutely incredible. Um, at time, at one point, um, that one with the the, the lantern. I thought I was watching computer footage. Oh, that's what it looked like. Of the animation. And then you realize, no, that was the actual animatronic moving. Yeah. Just, just incredible. Um, Yeah. And, and, but in a way, a a, a tiny bit creepy because they're animated, but they, they look like the animation. So for them to be that lifelike, yet still look that animated, um, was 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 something but i i just saw that and thought i need to go to tokyo yeah thank god it's not ready for another two years yeah it's it's going to be ready in time for the the olympics in 2020 yeah okay that that makes sense for for that um but yeah i mean all we saw we saw um i don't know what the horse is called no, we said exactly the same. There's so many different Disney horses that we just couldn't remember the name. Um, Philippe. You're right. It is Philippe. Yeah. Now you've said it. Now you've said it. Yeah. I'm always 100% on that. Because um, I, I know there's been quite... You get quite a lot of merchandise for him as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's an animatronic of, of him as well. And that looks incredibly realistic. Yeah. As much mm-hmm. as the carting horse does, anyway, um, and they're going to replicate the the ballroom scene as well, yeah. um, and, and they're going to actually dance around you. 
Although, weirdly, in that video, she was dancing yeah. with the prince, not with Beast. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I wondered if that was just a work in progress, because that was test footage you saw, not yeah. the actual animatronic. So I wondered yeah. how that was going to be. Um, uh, I know then they showed you the, the, the scene in the dining area as well yeah. with her kind of like dancing, sitting in a seat, but rocking, rocking from side to side makes it sound like she's gone mad. Uh, but you know, she's bopping to the music rather than rocking, um, which also looks extremely good. But the ride vehicles, I thought looked really interesting as well. Yeah. They're, they're like an oversized version of the, the Ratmobiles. Yeah, well, they're, they're shaped... I mean, they're obviously designed to be cups. Yeah. As in, you know, like Chip. You you basically sit in one of Chip's relatives. Um, and there were... I think there were eight to a car. Yes. There were two rows yeah. of four with seatbelts. And you could see that these cars were going to spin around. Um, and it's going to be the same trackless ride system that they've got for Pooh's Honey Hunt over there already, you know, we've seen in, in Ratatouille. Um, so I think that's what they're going for as well. Um, but they like even ride vehicles looked fun. Yeah. Mm. And it looked yeah, like they... it would go inside and outside as well of a building. But I don't yeah. know if that was just the, the art um, they were doing for it. But it does look like, a bit like Alice's... Um, adventure in Disneyland that it will go outside of the building and come back in again. Sounds good. And it's going to be open before the Olympics, is it? They I think that's what they're aiming for. Yeah. The Olympics mm. will be the summer, won't it? Yeah. yeah. July, so, I think. Yeah. It's normally around July time. So, um, they haven't announced a, a date in 2020, but yeah, I, I mean, if they trying to get it open in time for the Olympics, then you've got to be thinking spring. Yeah. Would make sense for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it looks, it looks really good. Um, so thanks for reminding us about that. Um, you, you said that was all you had, didn't you? Yeah, really. That was the, the main big thing that I wanted to talk about. No, it's been a, it's been a slow week. It's been a, it's been a pretty much a yeah. slow mm-hmm. news couple of weeks, really. Yeah. Mr. D, you notice anything? Yeah, like you say, it's been a slow week. I mean, there's a few a few kind of interesting things. Um, there's a minor bus crash today in Epcot. 15 people hurt, but nobody seriously. Wow. And the driver of the bus got ticketed because I think he re-rendered another bus at the um, entry plaza to Epcot. Mm. Um, mobile ordering. Um, they've hit over a million orders. So that really seems to be taking off that whole mobile order and on your, you know, order your quick service launch on your phone type scenario. Um, and then there's a few hotel things as well. Uh, they've announced the name of the new hotel that's going to be built between the Swan and the Dolphin. It's called the Cove. Um, so I think. Those hotels are owned and run by is it Marriott International, I think. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting, really. I mean, I, I would have thought Disney. I don't know. Just surprised that Disney are allowing Marriott to build another hotel, but maybe maybe that's because they're spending so much capital on their expansions 
Um, so that's a way of getting extra hotel rooms and extra revenue without them necessarily footing the bill for it. Yeah, um, I think that it's to do with the the fiftieth that they they know yeah. they haven't got enough rooms on site that yeah. so haven't got the the facilities to build more than what they already are. Yeah. Um. So I think they've just gone. Look, you're already operating a a fairly popular hotel or two mm-hmm. hotels as it is. Why not just give? Why not just have some extra rooms? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as well as as that, I mean, I'm sure they must own the land. Disney. Yeah. 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 yeah they do. Yeah. So I mean, they would have had to pay quite a pretty penny to get it. Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, yeah, it probably makes sense. It's just you would think that just given how popular it is to stay at a Disney Resort these days that Disney would have want to keep that in-house, but hey, there's probably other factors at play as well. Hmm. Um, you know, just from an overall capital point of view, they're, they're spending a lot right now, aren't they, across the globe. And I suppose as well, you know, if they wanted to build um, another hotel or another few hotels, they've got to find people to build it. Yeah. yeah. It's not like they're not getting anything built at the moment. No. So yeah. I suppose, you know, it, it could be it could be a number of factors, but I think letting one or two people build hotels not owned by Disney on that property. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, like, Disney are quite savvy. Um, we, we didn't talk about this on the other show, but, um, you know, just, just a year ago, uh, Disney, Disneyland Paris opened up a new resort called Village Natures, which was, um, a conjunct in conjunction with center parks and Mm. they've just bought that from center parks a year after opening. Um, now, you would have thought that they must have had a deal in place when that was first signed, that they might buy them out at some point. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, that could be what they, they do here. You know, mm-hmm. they might say to Marriott, yep, you know, you can build this hotel, we'll see the land for this much, but we want a clause where we can buy this back off you within the first 15 years of operation. Or the opposite, they can't do anything for the first 15 years of operation and then, you know, mm. they can try and buy them out. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they had something like that in there as well. So it'll be interesting, but I don't think I need to worry about someone else building a hotel there, I think. Yeah. It's not going to take too much away, especially if you don't get the perks yeah. that you get with a Disney resort. So. Yeah, and then... Um, I don't know if you guys picked up there's some I don't know if it is confirmed but the new Star Wars hotel in Hollywood Studios looks like it's only going to be 100 rooms initially Hmm. so that's that's going to make that a massive premium really that's I didn't think it's going to be super popular anyway but if it's as small as that initially, I think there's I think there's room for expansion built into it as well. But but still, if it's only a hundred rooms, that's going to be sold out way 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 in advance. I think it's smart. I do think it's smart because 
you know, I don't think Star Wars is the, the hot commodity that it was. And I think Galaxy's Edge is going to be completely nuts for mm-hmm. the first 12 to 18 months of operation. And it's after that point we'll see how popular Star Wars still is. Because yeah. I think we'll have this big initial rush and then I think it will die down a bit, quite a bit, in fact. So if you're going to open up a hotel with only 100 rooms, as you say, that's going to sell out. That is going to mm-hmm. be a hot ticket. Um, and that's one way of making something a success. Because if they made that 1,000 rooms and they got 20% occupancy... Mm-hmm. Or even you know fifty percent occupancy, it it wouldn't look as impressive, yeah. Because you can't say it's sold out. Mm-hmm. So that's that's quite smart. And yeah, I mean, if it is really that popular, and they can expand on it, then they can do and know that it you know it'll be a worthwhile investment and it will be just as popular. Yeah. So yeah, they um they haven't announced any any dates yet for that, have they? Um, no. I believe they've started work on it, though. Yeah. But not officially announced that they've started work on it. Right. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I suppose we don't know how big it's going to be in total. So, could it be ready for the opening of Star Wars next year? No. Yeah, I would have thought it would come after that. Hmm. So if I, I think they they will want to get that that land up and running before they start introducing other things to it. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. Well, well, we'll find out in uh, just over a year's or just under a year's time, um, unless it gets delayed again. Fingers crossed for those going next winter that it won't do. Um. So. On the last show, we started a new feature, which uh, was uh, kind of like we, we've never done or we would never do again. Um, and, and we focus on the Magic Kingdom. So I thought we would change it around this episode and look at another gate at Disney. Um, and I thought we would go for Animal Kingdom. Uh-huh. So I, as I've just just thrown it out there, um, I'll go first just to give you guys a little bit of time to think about uh, something. Um, and one thing I have never done is, and I would probably never do as well, to be fair, I've never done anything at Dinoland USA. <laughs> I walked around it. Mm-hmm. I didn't go on any of the rides. Um it just looked, to be fair, it looked like a bit of Alton Towers. Oh, I think that's an insult well, to Alton yeah. Towers. I mean, I, I, I would have likened it more to like the local fa- fair that they, they put up in the park over like a May Bank holiday or something. I mean, it's, it is cheap. Yeah. It is, it is very, very cheap looking. Um, I guess, I mean, I don't know the full history of, of Dunland USA. Um, and I, I don't mean the whole thing. Obviously, I'm talking like, you know, Primeval Well and the, uh, what's the Triceratop one? Triceratop Spin. There you go. So that one as well. 
so I've done dinosaur, the attraction, you know. Um, but that land, it does feel like it was a bit, oh, we've run out of money, we'd better stick some stuff here. And that's where those two rides come from, because they do look incredibly cheap. Mm-hmm. And you would have thought that after all this time, I mean, Animal Kingdom's 20 years old now? Open up in uh, yeah, 20 years. Yeah. Yep. Um, that they would have done something, anything, mm-hmm. but replaced those rides with something that looked more, they don't even look permanent. They look like temporary attractions. Yeah. So I just, I just don't, I don't get it. I, 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 yeah. The whole land is weird, right? Because you've got dinosaur, which, you know, a lot of people love that ride. Mm. Um, I think the technology is good. Don't think the ride necessarily is, is that good, but you know, I think from what I hear, Indiana Jones does the same thing better. Yeah, um, it does. Kind yeah. of would have preferred to see that as well. Um, but one of my favourite things in Nightland USA, bearing in mind the name of the land, is Finding Nemo the musical. Mm-hmm. And why is it in Nightland USA? Just makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, it used to be um, Tarzan Rocks before, wasn't it? Oh, is that what was uh, in there? Uh, uh, is that right? Yeah, I think so. I don't, yeah. think, there's, I don't think there's another theatre there. So, oh, well, there's there's a festival, of the Lion King theatre. Yeah, on the other side of the park. Yeah, yep. but that's that's always had that there. So, yeah, that would make yeah. sense. That's where that was. Um, but yeah, the, the whole area is just a bit weird and a bit of a mishmash. But that in particular, in particular, so. Oh, it's Cheston Hester's Dinorama. That's the name of that particular section. But that that needs yeah. taking it, ripping out, and replacing with anything you want. And you're obviously not yeah. that bothered about it being dinosaur themed in that Dino Land. So literally anything will do. Um, but I, I've never done those rides, and I never want to do those rides. Yeah, there's a whole sort of backstory in there, Chester and Hester. And, but the backstory, I think, is just a thinly disguised that they're basically standard theme park or amusement park rides that are sort of thinly veiled as Chester and Hester's whatever it was. There was a whole kind of, whole kind of backstory behind it. Unless Chester and Hester uh, were once travellers who travelled with a fun fair across the country in prehistoric times and decided to not travel anymore and, and you know, station themselves at Donaldland USA, which hadn't even been built, um, then the that, backstory that, means nothing. If that isn't the right backstory, it probably should be. That's what I mean. Yeah. Disney, you can have that one for free. Yeah. Um, Mr. Stolen, what was your pick? Well... I I don't think there's anything in Animal Kingdom that I haven't done, if I'm being honest. Apart from maybe playing the Boneyard, that's probably about the only thing. Um, I can't actually think of an attraction that we 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 didn't do, and partly because you know for a long time there was a, there was less in the Animal Kingdom, um, and so it actually wasn't that difficult to to do everything. Mm. Um, there's one or two restaurants we haven't eaten in, but that's but that's about it. I think we've done every attraction, including 
some of the things that we've talked about here, like you know the forest trails and the um, the train that goes out the Wilderness Express. I think it's called Wild Wildlife Express train. We've done all of that, I think. So um, yeah, I got to take a pass on this one. Well, is there anything that you wouldn't do again? So you've you've done it once and thought that's mm. that's enough. Um. Let's see. Well, yeah, I mean, some of those little raids, you know, the Chester and Esther ones, like Triceratops Spin, one not do that again. It's it's prehistoric Dumbo. <laughs> um, kind of past that. The actual uh, Primeval World one is, is a bit of a laugh, really. I mean, it chucks you about a bit, um, but... It's it's quite good fun. I wouldn't wait any amount of time for it. We've only ever done it when it's been like a five-minute wait. Um, but yeah, probably something like Triceratops Spin. I don't think I would rush back to that again. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Uh, P-Dubs, what about yourself? Shall I go, haven't done it or wouldn't do again? Um... Well, you can do one and then do the other if you want. Right, the one I haven't done, I haven't been to Rafiki's Planet Watch. Oh, neither have I. No, I just, we didn't have the time to go. It wasn't somewhere that I, I kind of looked at and gone, oh, I've really got to go there when we first went. And then when when we went with Sam, um, he was only about 18 months old, and we only spent half a day at Animal Kingdom. Because it it just wasn't. It's not the the sort of place for for a little kid. I don't think unless you're going to go and and see the animals and things like that. And it just it didn't really capture our imagination. And and obviously since then I've I've seen that people enjoy going over there. The how you get mm-hmm. there and and everything. And I, I'm sure we will once we go back. We we will go and do it as long as it's still there. Um. The next time we go, we, we probably will do it. But just at the time, the, the last couple of times we've been, it wasn't really on our radar. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it is, if you've got a little kid, it, it is quite a fun thing to do. And it's almost like a break from the park. You know, you, you've got a little ride on the train and then you get there and you just wander about and there are little animals, you know, on display and... Sometimes there's some vet things going on and some talks, and it is almost like a break from the theme park if it's a, you know, if it's a busy day. So it's okay. It's quite, quite pleasant, but it's not a thrill ride or anything like that. Yeah, I, I, I like I like that side of things. To be honest, mm. um, you know, I know that's that's obviously one of the big selling points, and I think one reason why it's it can be people's either favourite or least favourite park. Because unlike any other Disney park, it, it's a mismatch of like a, a zoo and education and a, a theme park with thrill rides. That does all. And I think, it, I think it does a good job of, you know, blending the two together. But because it's not a flat out it's not like any other Disney park, then it can divide people. Um, mm. it, it's my, my wife's favourite um, land. Oh, sorry, gate, park, whatever. Um, mm. 
that's if she could go back to one right now, that would be her choice. Um, yeah. I don't love it anywhere near as much as that, but I think it's probably the most beautiful. It is, yeah, I think so. You know, in 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 America at least, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's always had that going for it. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes with those things you you kind of in your head, you, you know, you want to go on rides and. You know, if you do the safari, you sing some animals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've done the education bit. But, um, yeah, it, it's something that now I've paid a little bit more attention to it that I would look to do when I go back. Yeah. My top tip is never leave your burger unattended in the flame tree barbecue. Right, that's something I will never do again. <laughs> Because they got these things, are they ibis? I'm not quite sure what they are, but they got these huge freaking birds, and they're just looking for stupid tourists to leave their burger unattended. And it literally had the lot. I don't mean I don't mean a bit of it. I mean it had the whole burger in a flash. Turned my back, turned back, turned away from my nice juicy burger, turned back, and it was an empty bun. That's incredible. Yeah. So. I'll never do that again. On a side note, one of the funniest things I've ever seen was we was having a picnic in a park in Brighton once and somebody had a packet of hot dogs. Mm. You know, hot dogs kind of are in that weird kind of plastic foily mm. thing and all together quite tight. So I don't know if someone had abandoned them or a seagull had grabbed this packet, but this seagull for about 20 minutes was just frantically packing to get into the packet of hot dogs. And uh, eventually did. So it was all right. But just like David Attenborough, we didn't want to interfere with nature, you know, and, and, and have that butterfly effect. So we left the, we left it to uh, to get in there. Um, but we had a good laugh watching it try. So, um, okay, so so what's the, what's the thing you'd never do again? Expedition Everest. Whoa, that is a <laughs> big, big shout. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I didn't enjoy it. It no. just wasn't an enjoyable roller coaster at all. It, it? It, it felt like a, a really worst themed version of Big Thunder for the bulk of it. Mm-hmm. And, and just that it wasn't, it didn't feel comfortable. It's one of those ones that just shakes you about. Um, and obviously the animatronics don't work. And it it just seemed like they really cheaped out on what was meant to be like the focal point of the park. Who needs uh, animatronics when you've got Disco Yeti? Yeah. That's what I say. Got B-Mode or yeah. whatever it is. And the fact that they can't even take him out to get him repaired unless you take the top off the mountain. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't do it, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Mr. D, what, what do you have to say to that, first of all? Surprised, because uh, it is a really popular ride. Mm. Um, but it's got some things about it that people might not like. You know, the fact that you, some some of it is completely in the dark. Some of it is going backwards. Um, I love it. I think it's. I think it's great. I'd love to see the Yeti 
in in full Yeti mode. I think that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I like uh, having a look around on the way up as well. You get a really good view of the whole Walt Disney World from up there. I'm, I'm with I just you wish, on that. I just wish people would stop flicking their bloody hairbands at the top. starting to look pretty shitty up there. It's a thing now. You, you guys have heard about this? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I understand it, but I don't get it. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm like you. Um, I, I only went when Disco Yeti was introduced. Mm. Um, so I would love to see that as well. I really, I know it's a really simple thing, but I love that projection of the Yeti. Yeah, that animation of the Yeti. Not, I can't think of another old hoster um, at that time, at least, that didn't have. Uh, you know, something similar to that in there. So I thought that made it quite unique. Um, I like it. I, I don't, it's not my favourite. And I can kind of understand what Paul's saying, uh, or PW's saying about the the kind of, you know, poor relations of Big Thunder Mountain. Um, I, I, I think I'd rather go on Expedition Everest though than Big Thunder Mountain over there. Um... It's more of a thrill ride, isn't it? Expedition Everest. And it's because of that backwards bit, it adds another element to it, which you don't get. And the first time you see it, at least the first time you see it, that bit when the track is ripped up in front of you is unique. Again, it's Mm. not something you you see in rides. And if you've never seen a video of Expedition Everest and you're going on it for the first time, then I think you do think, well, what do we do now? Yeah, you know, once you've done it, the, you know, it's like watching the Sixth Sense for the second time. You know, the uh, the, the twist as as you know, you know it, and and you're now looking for it. Um, but that first time when that happens, you do think, well, where are we going to go now? We can't go yeah. backwards, surely, but you do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a brave shout. I thought we was going to get a lot of stick. Because of me saying what I did about presents last week, but I think we'll probably get more <laughs> feedback about you saying that. To be honest, probably <laughs> uh, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> it's the controversy. It's um, one of, one of the things I like about it as well is just the queue. It's a beautifully themed queue. It's absolutely fantastic. There's lots of little things to look at, and you know, some hidden, there's some like hidden Mickey's and hidden things in some of the uh, the cabinets as you go through the like the Sherpa shop um, it's just, yeah they've done a fantastic job of it but have you only ridden it once Paul or have you done it a few times? I've done it a couple of times right okay because I went back to, to Animal Kingdom on a, a separate morning while everybody yeah. else had a lay in and I did it again and I was just like no didn't grow on you then no yeah that's what you find uh, it's just one of those ones yeah mm-hmm. yeah because I've done that, I've I, I've done attractions, you know, a few times to make sure that I really didn't like it the first time. <laughs> uh, and sometimes that opinions change. Well, I, I did that with the Last Jedi as well. To be honest, didn't like it the first time. Enjoyed it more the second and third time. Um, but I've done rides where, you know, I thought I don't think that's for me, and then done it again and gone, ah, it's not as bad as I thought. So, yeah. but no, I think that's it. If you're giving it another go then your opinion is probably not going to change on, on that. Um, what, hmm. 
could be controversial and say Cali River Rapids. Yeah, that's a that is a disappointing ride, I think, that one. I mean, it's it's a weird ride as well because it starts off, you know, well themed and you know, it's got the it's got the, the, the jungle and you've got the ruined temples and it's great and then all of a sudden it's like it's the it's the scene, the deforested scene where you got the burning truck and everything's black and you think, well, it'd be quite nice to come back to something nice then, but no, then you go down the big slope. Now the big slope is is a laugh, and it's to me, it's like Russian roulette. You know, mm. if you if you've done it enough, then you figure out that it's a circular raft which goes down a big slope, and it's turning as it's gone. So you don't know who's actually going to be at the front of the raft when it hits. But whoever's at the front of the raft when it hits, they are getting wet. And I don't mean damp, I mean soaked to the skin. Mm-hmm. And that and that's been me a couple of times. And it's like it's like um it's like wily coyote because it hits the raft hits and it throws all the water up in the air and for a couple of seconds you think, Oh, got away with that and then it lands on you and like a ton of bricks. And yeah. that's it, you're drenched. Like you say, it's it's a very odd attraction. Um, I've done it. Um, I've done it once or twice. Um, I've, done, I've definitely done it twice. I think I might have done it once on both trips. Um, and I'm not a big fan of getting soaked mm-hmm. um, to the bone like that. And you know, when we talked about Universal, it's why I don't like to go on Popeye for the same thing. If you get hit on that ride, you are, you know, the, the clothes are clinging to you for dear life. Yeah, Popeye is a definite, Popeye's even worse. I mean, yeah. it's, the same, it's the same ride vehicle, basically, but there's so many places that you can get wet on Popeye that you almost certainly will. I mean, we've never come off Popeye anything other than completely drenched, and if we don't want to get drenched, we just don't ride it. Yeah. Whereas Cali River Rapids... I think it's maybe eight people on on the raft. Two of them are going to get drenched. Everybody else is probably going to get a bit wet, but but not too bad, really. Mm. And you get to laugh at the two that got drenched. And I can also confirm on, on from personal experience, because obviously the first time I did it, got drenched. Second time I did it, I made sure to uh, to have a poncho. Yeah. And I can confirm, still drenched. Ponchos yeah. are really, really good, but a poncho is not going to save you on that ride. No, not so, if you get fully immersed. You need, I mean, I, I think you need proper fishing rubberized gear <laughs> to go on that trip. Umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Mary really Poppins help. umbrella. <laughs> a, bit, a massive fan. A massive fan would probably blow the water away, but otherwise, yeah, you're you're in you're in trouble. So because I don't like getting that soaked on a, on an attraction, um, I wouldn't rush to go back on it. Nor, as you say, that weird kind of you know Captain Planet storyline it has. It's just it's just weird. It could have. I don't think rides like that need that much of a story, to be honest. It needs good visuals. Yeah. Um, and that would have been sufficient. Mm-hmm. But the kind of ham-fisted storyline. I know there's, they've done similar in 
the uh, Kilimanjaro safaris. Mm-hmm. You know, that's got a storyline about poaching with it. Yeah, um, they've dialed that back now, though. I have they've dialed that right back, yeah. So the you remember the whole kind of scene with Big Red, the elephant, and Little Red, and then Mr. Is it Mr. Johnson, and he's the driver, and you, you kind of speed up and chase the poachers. That's all gone now. Hmm. Most of that's gone. So they don't have the fake dead animal anymore? Uh, I don't think so. No, they've still got the they still got like the poachers camp and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just that whole kind of little drama where you're supposedly chasing the poachers. That's that's gone. It's like it's like the Jungle Cruise if it was directed by like Oliver Stone. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Nah, it's not funny enough for that. <laughs> yeah, not enough swearing. Mr. Johnson doesn't swear. It's true. Um, fucking butchers, man. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, it's definitely an, odd, it's definitely an odd ride yeah. as it stands. And I said I don't like getting soaked, so Caddy River Rapids is probably one I wouldn't revisit in a hurry. Only on a really hot day when you really don't, you want to kill off. If it's gonna be. If you're going to go on it, make sure it's the last thing you're planning to go on. Yeah. Because then you can, you know, go straight home and, and, and change. Yeah, um, not just before you're going to go in an air-conditioned restaurant. Oh, God, can you imagine? Yeah. Have they got... Um, they haven't got those um, heaters, have they? No, like they've got a universal where you yeah. can step in them. No, I don't, no, they haven't, I don't think. I'm sure yeah. they've got them at Disneyland now, but I couldn't remember if they'd installed them there as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I know I've got my Universal, but I've never seen them in the Animal Kingdom. Fair enough. There's obviously a few new things which you guys may have not had a chance to go on. So you've no. got all the all the um, Pandora stuff, and then also the Rivers of Light, the nighttime show. Um, we've done Rivers of Light once. I'd like to do it again. Really, it was it was good, but of all the nighttime shows, Fantasmic eliminations or wishes which isn't wishes anymore but of all of those I thought it was the weakest of them but it was still good definitely worth a watch mm. oh, I can't I can't wait to do them I can't mm. wait to do them but yeah just not um, yeah it, it's it's not done because of not being able to as opposed to wanting to yeah Um, was there anything else that anyone wanted to talk about Animal Kingdom while we're on that subject? No. Mm, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, they have got some good, they've got some good long show type attractions, obviously, which you may not always go on every time. If you go fairly regularly, because you've actually got, when you if you go there for a day, you've got to really think about how you're going to plan your day because the the tough the um, festival of the Lion King is a is a really good show, but that's you know that must be nearly thirty minutes, and then you've got as you mentioned Nick, you've got the Nemo uh, Find a Nemo musical show, which is which is really good. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know it's almost kind of West End quality, and and then you've got the Kilimanjaro safaris, which which takes a while as well, so. There's a couple of fairly lengthy attractions. Then there's the the bird show as well, which is 
just been rethemed to Up, and obviously mm-hmm. I haven't seen it since it's been rethemed, but um, saw it before, and 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 that's a really good show. But again, that's another sort of twenty twenty five minutes, so you can easily spend half your day just doing shows. Um, and then you've got, and then you've got to sort of add in the attractions as well. So it's got a little bit of a different pace to it uh, versus some of the other parks, I think. No, you're you're spot on. Um, I'm pretty sure that um, the Finding Nemo musical has some famous. Um, who wrote it? I want to say it was the Lopez. Yeah, it was. There you go. Yeah, Robert Lopez and um, Kristen Anderson Lopez. So um, they've obviously done a few things like uh, Frozen, mm-hmm. Avenue Q in the Book of Mormon, um, or at least one half. So um, that's why that's you know that that the songs in that are are decent enough anyway. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I was surprised. I wasn't expecting much. You you do see, um, you know, a sign for a musical or a stage show in a, in a theme park and you're expecting it to be good, but not much more than that. And Finding Nemo is almost Broadway quality. I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think you're right. It's, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's well done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The only other thing, um, I probably would never do again. There would be, uh, it's tough to be a bug. Just mm. not a, not a <laughs> massive fan don't like the seats keep sticking electrodes up your ass or whatever it it does to you. Um, you must have got the special seats then. <laughs> must have been like annual pass holder seats. Did, did I get the Kevin Spacey seats? I think you did, yeah. Oh, right, that makes sense. Yeah, and his voice is still in that attraction as well. Um, <laughs> and I don't like the spiders that come down. So, oh, right. yeah, that's the pussy in me. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those, one of those 3D films that, it's not particularly good 3D. It's not particularly good film. I don't really like uh, A Bug's Life in general. So it's just not something that I'd rush back to do. That's just me. Um, right. So, well, if there's nothing else to do with, um, you know, things like that with Animal Kingdom, then we'll wrap up um, this show. So, okay. um, just before we do, um, just to uh, shout out the... Uh, I've just been told by Craig um, that those two shows I mentioned at the top of the show have uh, now joined the network. So uh, six-year seniors, if you like uh, college sports, um, probably not one that's going to really appeal to the UK listeners, but definitely to our American ones. Uh, and Time Limit Draw, which is a wrestling podcast focusing more on retro wrestling which is something that's definitely in my wheelhouse so um please go and listen to those shows available in all the usual podcast places and show those guys some love uh welcome them over to the network and um yeah thank you for for downloading this episode and thank you for listening um thank you for your uh, reviews we're still getting reviews on itunes so if you haven't please do it's always welcomed and helps push us up the charts um and i know it's coming to christmas but we should be back next week with another disaster dark as we get ever closer to episode 200 and uh if we're lucky 
we might even get a universal after dark from Amanda before this year's out. But, you know, don't hold your breath. So until the next episode, we'll see you soon. Ta-ta. Whoopee! <laughs> I forgot about that. Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, oh, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? <laughs> well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, we thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support. Podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast. Network.